0: This is Behind the Lens, a podcast from The Lens, New Orleans' first nonprofit, nonpartisan public interest newsroom. I'm Carolyn Heldman. On this week's episode, a bill filed in the Louisiana legislature would make it a crime to get within 25 feet of a police officer engaged in his duties. Critics say it raises constitutional issues. A lawsuit was filed in federal court this week against St. James Parish, alleging its land use plan discriminates against black residents. And we'll meet the new editor of The Lens. Those stories, insight, and analysis coming up on Behind the Lens. Joining us this week, criminal justice reporter Nick Krastel. Hey, Nick. Hey, Carolyn. Environmental reporter Joshua Rosenberg. Hey, Josh. Hey. And editor of The Lens, Brett Barrake. Hey, Brett.
1: Hey,
2: how you doing?
0: Good. Brett, I'm sure you heard us making fun of your name last week. Or I shouldn't say making fun. Just, um, just... Navigating the pronunciation of your name. Yes.
2: Did we? uh, I'm I'm kind of used to it by this point.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Um, We got it right, though, didn't we, eventually?
2: Yes. You got it it right. Good. Most people don't. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Welcome to The Lens and Behind the Lens. Will you tell our listeners about your background?
2: Sure. Uh, I'm a New Orleans native. Uh, I have been working in news all over the place for about the last 30 years. And this is an opportunity for me to come home for the first time in a long time. Uh, my background is in reporting and editing. I've covered a lot of criminal justice, politics. In over 30 years, you tend to cover a whole lot of different things. If, if you can think of it, chances are I've written about it at some point. Uh, my, family, my family is here in New Orleans. We've been involved in news in this town since about 1930. Uh, long ties to the Times-Picayune. Uh, but i am at the moment the last of the of the family members still working in the business
0: nice i'm sure they're happy to have you home too you you Very. Wrote a, you wrote a really nice uh, piece introducing yourself to our readers if those of you who are listening to this haven't read it yet i suggest you go do that but is there any change that readers can anticipate under your tutelage i've been talking
2: with the reporters the last few days the uh, kind of get to know you sessions with them But uh, yeah, we're going to focus in on investigative reporting, and hopefully we can tell a lot of stories about the decisions being made in this city and how it's impacting the people here. Decisions at City Hall and the courts and everywhere else don't happen in a vacuum. They affect the people who read these stories, and we'd like to tell some of the stories of the people impacted by some of the decisions being made. So... You you will probably notice a lot more people in stories. Uh, If we're doing it right and doing it well, you will notice more narrative stories, I hope, and the kind of stories you want to read and share with uh, other people.
0: Excellent. And before we move on to our first story this week, will you comment on just the state of journalism today in the States and how how you think it's um, changed over the past decade or so?
2: Yes, unfortunately newsrooms have gotten a lot smaller. Uh, economic realities hit journalism like everywhere else, and some, sometimes harder. Uh, unfortunately, it's hitting at a time when the work we do has never been more important. I know that sounds a bit cliche, and people have probably heard it before, but it's also true. What we do is important, and you people may not like us very much, but uh, we're we're the messengers, and we're the ones telling telling the world what's happening. There's fewer fewer of us doing it which means the ones still doing it have to continue to do it and continue to try and do it well. Uh, I wish we had more reporters to tell more stories. Every newsroom does. But uh, we're going to do our best what we have, and uh, hopefully we can, we can tell some good stories and let, let the folks know what's happening in New Orleans and why some of these things are happening, or at least put the questions out there and, and force a few answers.
0: All right, thanks. So, Nick, first up with you and criminal justice, a bill recently filed in the Louisiana legislature would make it a crime to get within 25 feet of a police officer engaged in his duties. There are some constitutional issues that are being raised around this. Can you give us some background on this?
1: Yeah, sure. So this bill was uh, pre-filed for the upcoming legislative session, which starts in April, April. Um, and the bill, like you said, it it makes it a crime to get within 25 feet of a police officer engaged in their duties if they te- give you an order to stop. Um, so it's not just any any police officer automatically has a, a 25 foot buffer around them. You know, at any given time, this is if someone comes up to a police officer and they say get back. Uh, this makes it a, a crime to to um, disobey that and with a fine of up to, to $500 or or 60 days in jail so it's technically a misdemeanor um but the concerns around this bill are not so much necessarily the the penalties associated with it but that it is creating a chilling effect for people who might be observing police misconduct and you know obviously we are not not long after George Floyd was was murdered by police and the reason we we knew about that was that bystanders took cell phone videos, you know, they were able to to expose what, what actually happened. Um and so that is, is some of the concerns being raised by by, you know, defense attorneys and, and civil rights organizations is that by passing this law, there is going to be a sense that that, you know, if you see something bad happening, you're not going to be able to to get within the the you know, close enough to actually see what's going on. And you'll be you know threatened with prosecution and, and potentially jail time.
0: Okay, and your story, you talk about the legislator who brought the bill was asked to. He's he's saying he was asked to by the police union.
1: Yeah. So uh, the representative Mike Johnson brought it, and he's a Republican from Pineville, Louisiana, kind of central Louisiana. Um, and I chatted with him about it, and he said, you know, this was not the intention of the bill at all to to prevent people from observing police. Um, he claims that, that he's spoken to a number of officers who say that when people kind of approach them or gather around them while they're doing their job, they, they, there's a, a kind of a level of tension rises and they want this bill passed. So they have some sort of, um, you know, tool to, to utilize, to, to you know, make sure that they have enough space and can keep things under control. Right. Um, And and like you referenced, this bill, he he says that specifically this bill was brought to him by the Fraternal Order of Police. And there's a nearly identical bill moving through the legislature in uh, Indiana right now. So this is something that seems like it's being pushed, you know, beyond just Louisiana.
0: Well, let me let me talk about the George Floyd case, which resulted in the conviction of Derek Chauvin. when you think about the videos that they relied on, the prosecution relied on that were taken by bystanders... Can you guess at what distance they were from from that event, most of those uh, yeah, that, videos?
1: That's a good question, and I did go back to the to the video recently. and it seems like it was closer than twenty five feet um from what I could tell, like I say, I, I wasn't there, and I don't have the I don't know that anyone knows exactly how far away they were. you know the the representative who brought the bill says basically, and I think to some extent he's right. 25 feet is not terribly far away, Um, certainly close enough so that you can take a cell phone video of something that's happening and see it relatively clearly, you know, I did a little pace off in my house Mm -hmm. to see to see how far it was and it kind of like from one end of the room to another. And I think that even the critics of the bill acknowledge this. That it's not if someone was 25 feet back, it's not like they would be necessarily unable to to you know film what a uh, a police officer was doing. I think the concern is that one, if a police officer tells you to get back 25 feet, you don't know exactly how far back that is. Right. Um, and in the in a mo any given moment, you know you're not carrying a a tape measure and 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 you're not going to know exactly where that is. Um, so it create what, what they say is that it creates kind of a a chilling effect and whether or not, you know, you could technically be within a close enough distance, if a police is telling you to get back and telling you that you're breaking the law by being within a certain distance, the just general sort of, um, um, you know, environmental conditions that that creates might deter someone from, from taking a video when otherwise they, they maybe would. But, you know, like you say, I think this is these are kind of the arguments that I, you know, that I think have been taking place in Indiana and I think will likely take place once the um, bill gets heard in, in committee in the
3: legislature. Just just out of curiosity, I mean, Nick, don't don't police officers currently have the right to, you know, ensure that pedestrians and, and others don't can't interfere with what they're doing? And can't they if, if someone's right in their face, don't don't they have measures that they can? Utilized currently to, you know, um, prevent themselves from getting wrapped up in that kind of situation?
1: Yes, there are several laws currently on the books that, um, you know, prevent someone from interfering with, a, with an investigation, um, that require people to follow a lawful order given by uh, the police. Um, so, yeah, critics of the laws, they basically, you know, police already have all these tools to make sure that someone um, isn't kind of interfering with what they're doing. This law, they say, though, you know, kind of extends beyond that and and allows police to prevent someone from just walking down the street within 25 feet of them, Um, which they say, yeah, goes against someone's constitutional right Right. to kind of freedom of movement and and freedom to observe um, what's going on in a public space. Um, And, you know, I think that I think that they're if this law passes um, and if someone is charged with it, I think there could end up being, you know, some constitutional objections to that.
0: Do you think that it will pass?
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a good sense. And I think it'll depend on kind of, um, I think it'll likely get, go to the criminal justice committee, but I'm not, I'm not sure what that, what that's going to look like.
0: Okay. So all the questions about the constitutionality of this of this bill and possible law. Will that come up for debate?
1: Yeah, almost certainly. I mean, some of the sources I, I spoke to um, one is the Policy Director at ACLU, and the other works for the Louisiana Criminal Defense Attorneys Association. They're both regular fixtures at the legislature testifying on mm-hmm. bills. And I think, you know, when this comes up before committee, there'll be some of the people who, who, um, who testify on it, and, and I think they'll they'll definitely bring up these concerns.
0: All right. Well, we'll see where it goes. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. You're listening to Behind the Lens. I'm Carolyn Heldman. My guests this week are criminal justice reporter Nick Krestel, environmental reporter Joshua Rosenberg, and Lens editor Brett Baracay. Hi,
1: I'm Marta Jusen. If you've been a long-time reader of The Lens, you probably know we are a place to learn about important issues, especially those underrepresented by other media sources. It's hard work, and it takes a dedicated staff who care about this community. Please make a tax-deductible contribution today to support our work at our website, thelensnola.org
0: donate. Thank you. Joshua, several groups have sued the St. James Parish government, This week, alleging its officials have discriminated against the parish's Black residents by locating heavy industrial sites in their communities at disproportionate rates. If successful, this lawsuit would impose a moratorium on such construction moving forward. Who are the groups behind the lawsuit?
3: So so there are uh, three groups, um, two of which we've we've covered here before, um, uh, those being Rise St. James and uh, Inclusive Louisiana. And the third is a church, it's the Mount Triumph Baptist Church.
0: Okay. Tell us about this land use plan.
3: Sure. So it's, it's, um, what's, what's interesting, one, one of the interesting, um, facts of this case is that for a long time, St. James Parish didn't have an official land use plan that, um, you know that was that was on the books, let's say, um, and 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 it was it was only in uh, two thousand fourteen that they um, uh, adopted this kind of inaugural uh, land use plan. And, and one of the points that the plaintiffs in this case are, are making is that even though there 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 wasn't an official land use plan on the books um, for, for 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 the past century or so. It's been uh, kind of the same pattern of um, locating these, you know, heavy industrial sites in, in um, the, these different pockets of, of the parish that are um, majority black uh, areas. The 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 fourth within the fifth districts um, specifically. Uh, one one of those uh, districts. Uh, almost 90% of the residents in that district are are black, and in the other district, um, more than 50% are black. And kind of this land use plan in 2014, uh, you know, codified this this practice, um, this kind of overarching strategy or, or blueprint to uh, disproportionately locate these kinds of facilities that. As I'm sure I don't have to explain um, to our listeners and our readers, um, you know, come with all these attendant um, environmental and 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 health impacts that can be really negative. It's it's hard to to draw a direct causal relationship um, between the two um, for a number of reasons. But you know, the 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 science is in that um, a lot of these kinds of chemicals are uh, really not great to to be exposed to. Um and 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 yeah, what 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 these um groups uh you know that, that are comprised of uh residents in this parish it's it's not like they're some like outside you know environmental group that that's just kind of swooping in. I mean these are you know comprised of the people in in these communities and and they're led by the people by people who um are in and from these communities, what 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 they're saying is that, as as one of these speakers on Tuesday in front of the courthouse in New Orleans was saying, "Enough is enough. We don't accept the status quo, um, and we refuse to let you um, continue to build uh, to the the detriment of 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 our of our lives of, of our communities. Mm. Um, this this is, you know, really a matter of life and death, as 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 they're putting it.
0: So these. Let me recap this these groups have have joined together to object to a plan, the land use plan for St. James Parish, which this this area that we're talking about is colloquially colloquially known as Cancer Alley. and the the massive industrialization of that area has, they say, led to um, discrimination for for their residents because of the health impacts and other associated, negative qualities that, that, that build in, build out brings. Let me ask why now, if the, if the land use mm-hmm. plan was in 2014 and um, what, what would, if they're successful, what would they achieve?
3: Sure. Yes. Um, to, to answer the first question um, as, as, as best I can, this is not the first time that they, have you know, brought this forward. Um, to Their elected officials. They, um, I, I believe it was um, uh, various members of, of of the groups that uh, I, I mentioned before, who wrote a letter in 2019 um, to their uh, parish um, council members to the the parish council, asking for this very thing, asking for a moratorium on 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 this kind of build out in their communities. And um, one one of the central facts that they raise in this lawsuit is is the um, differential uh treatment that the uh, these black communities have received as opposed to the, the the communities of 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 their white neighbors in in different districts according to this lawsuit it's been um 46 years since um the parish government approved the 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 permitting of, of approved the the build out for um a large industrial facility in one of the majority white parts of the parish um and and even last year they imposed the moratorium on solar farms solar panel farms that that drew out of um uh you know the ob- objections raised by uh, parish residents over the the potential for um, the construction of a solar panel farm in a majority white uh, district, and at the same time, you know there there's there's the specter of um, Formosa plastics being built, right? And, and that would, um, it, you know, in, in one of these majority black parts of the parish, that would have a, a tremendously negative impact on on their lives. Uh, they're they are arguing. I, I think that the science is is also in there, as well. Um, it would. Um, I it's 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 in the story that we're going to publish. But it would double the amount of um, air pollutants and, and would triple the amount of uh, carcinogens that they're exposed to. Um, and and so they're they're saying, you know, what's what's the story. With this differential treatment, why why are, are our voices and our concerns mm. treated so differently? And in fact, um, because they're are being treated so differently, one might say, discriminate. Um, you know, one might say, rises to the level of discrimination as they do. Um, that in fact is a violation of the Fourteenth Amendment, um, the Equal Protections Clause, and. It's it's also they're arguing a violation of the Thirteenth Amendment because this it's it's actually a really fascinating um, explication of history that they go into in in this filing in this complaint. I I encourage people to read it. Um, it's a violation of the Thirteenth Amendment as well because uh, this kind of a treatment traces all the way back to slavery. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and and it's it's kind of this fascinating unbroken and you know one might argue. Uh, chain of events or, or um, patterns of treatment that uh, is 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 a violation of their rights and you know once again they're saying enough is enough
0: yeah and it seeks a uh, moratorium on buildings yes
3: exactly kind, kind, kind of an indefinite moratorium uh, one one of the um um speakers on uh Tuesday was saying um Oh, oh, I, you know, my impression was a little tongue-in-cheek um, that you know we can forget about the moratorium once our air is clean, and you know, hmm. um, so you know that that's that's a fairly high standard one one might say. So it's it's kind of like an indefinite moratorium is what they're looking for.
0: There's some explosive language in the suit. They they cite um, that the the land use plan is amounts to racial
3: cleansing. They do, and that is certainly, um, you know, very strong language. Um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, not not to not to go into um, like a some kind of comprehensive review of uh, you know history or the historical use of that kind of language, but um, you know what uh, a a phrase that might be more familiar to to some listeners ears is uh, ethnic cleansing right. and you know all of the um uh associations with that um you know and they're they're not they're not shying away from in this filing um that level of seriousness you know that this yeah. they're viewing this their their position is that this, this constitutes this is a human rights violation the way that they've been treated mm. and they're appealing to you know uh the the federal uh, judicial system this this was not filed in state court this was filed in in federal court so they they're you know that speaks to kind of i i i would i would say i think it's fair to say the the seriousness with which they're bringing these kinds of um, arguments forward. Yeah. And who are the attorneys? Two different groups mainly uh, from from what I could judge from the filing uh the Center for Constitutional Rights and uh the Tulane Environmental uh Law Clinic, both both of which we've um featured in in coverage uh previously at the lens. Um they're uh, as as I'm sure our, our readers and listeners um would be familiar with or recognize um the lawsuits um brought forward in the the greenfield cases and, and and the potential for a large grain elevator there um but bo- actually both of these groups the ccr and, and tulane um have represented um the banner sisters mm. and and others um in in those cases
0: okay they're busy lately all right what happens next they are
3: um what happens next is you know the the, the parish government um, ha, will, will have a chance to respond uh, to this complaint and um, we'll we'll see I'll be keeping an eye on the docket and, and um, we'll, we'll see how it advances okay it's
0: a great story thank you absolutely all right Brett you did it you're first behind the lens. <laughs>
2: Glad I made it through. Hopefully
0: hopefully it wasn't too rough of me sitting outside. No, it was great. We'll, uh, We'll see you next week. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks.
2: Bye. Bye, guys.
0: This is Behind the Lens, a podcast from the lens, New Orleans' first nonprofit, nonpartisan public interest newsroom. I'm Carolyn Heldman. Thanks to our guests this week, criminal justice reporter Nick Krestel, environmental reporter Joshua Rosenberg, and Lens editor at You can read all the week's other news plus opinions at our website, thelensnola.org. Thanks for listening.